everybody. Welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. It's the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And we have got to put something out there right out front. This is COVID edition. COVID edition, uh, part two. We've had COVID in the past. We got it again. If you're listening to this, it means that we survived and everything because we had it in June. Mm-hmm. And this episode is, I think, August. Mm-hmm. So we're so s- glad you're here. I almost said sad. It's a little <laughs> bit of... Mike is sad that he's sick. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give it our all. And we're going to give you an episode that you are still going to love. To to finish off our Skywalker saga, to finish off Star Wars, and then we will go into another series. Mm-hmm. So here we are, 42 years after the original, and in December, a movie called Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker hits theaters. Mm-hmm. What were you doing when you saw this movie? I was married to you. Yes, you were. And I saw this in theaters with you. Yes, we did. That's about it. I think we saw it opening day, which was the 20th of that December. Okay. And um, I remember I had some serious issues with the movie, but I was like, you know what? At the time, now, if you're just jumping in fresh, you got to listen to our whole, you have to at least listen to Force Awakens and Last Jedi to kind of understand where our mind frame's at. So pause this episode, go listen to those. But at the time, I was like, you know what? Wasn't great, but I still liked it better than The Last Jedi. Now, I have since completely changed my opinion, because if you'll recall, The Last Jedi is now my third favorite Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. And this movie goes way down. Uh-huh. I remember I saw it twice, um, and I enjoyed it both times, and then I had not seen it until a couple nights ago when we watched it. This was my second time. And what did you think of it the second time? Very confused. Yeah. I yeah, I think the first time I saw it, it was like, yeah, it was pretty good. Looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. But uh We're not gonna get mad at the cinematographer Dan Mendel, are we? No. But uh definitely had a lot of questions. And then so this time around, still had a lot of questions. And just overall like disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's um I mean, we're not alone in this opinion, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I, I I think there are parts that are really, really good. And we're not just going to sit here and bash it the whole time. But I, I think there are, like, fundamental issues with the storytelling that had those been corrected or maybe not given so much credence, it would have been a much better movie. Yeah. Because to me, this movie is 100% a reaction to the backlash of The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I think that's its greatest downfall. And there are some things... I mean, the first part of the movie, there's a lot of Carrie Fisher, but she has passed since passed away. Yeah. And they're just... You can just tell that they're just doing the best they can to try and make what they do have with her make sense. And then none of it makes sense. Like, her lines, like, don't make sense. Yeah. They're not very specific or anything. So it's like, I don't necessarily fault the movie with that because they're trying. Right. Well, and and so they they had this sort of grand plan where it, where it was like, okay, Force Awakens is Han Solo's movie. Last Jedi is Luke Skywalker's movie. And then this movie was going to be Carrie Fisher's movie. And at the time, she died in December of 2016. 
So like around the time when Rogue One was going into theaters, she died. And so they had filmed all of Last Jedi. So that's why, uh -huh. you know, she's in all of that movie. But they hadn't filmed any of Rise of Skywalker. Uh -huh. They were like about to get started on production. Yeah. So they were probably still doing like pre-production and stuff. Um, and, you know, I so there's a pretty great documentary that I would say is way better than this movie. Really? The making of the movie? Yeah, it's called The Skywalker Legacy. It's like two hours and 20 minutes, and it's on uh, Disney Plus and the extras on uh -huh. Rise of Skywalker. It's really good. Um, and it tricks you into thinking this must be the best Star Wars movie because everyone is so amped and like caring so much yeah uh so it's not like it's not like people are trolling us you know they did try to make yeah a great movie um but so they get into that and they they were like you know kathleen kennedy was like we're not gonna do a cgi thing like we're not gonna do like a paul walker in the fast and furious yeah. thing um wasn't there a little cgi though in oh well yes except for the de-aging scene where she's no i don't mean that but weren't there uh, like a, a couple other parts where she was cgi'd no oh. they were uh they were like cg in that they're replacing backgrounds sure. and okay. foregrounds and stuff like that okay that's but, why it looks off yeah yeah um but yeah the whole movie like when they come up to her it just sounds like how they had to write it where they used unused footage from force awakens mm -hmm. and they're being told like okay here she says we, we must never give up hope. And then it's like, how can we write a conversation that ends with her saying, we must never give up hope? Mm -hmm. So then you have uh, the, the that one pilot guy who's in all the movies. who No, no, no. The, his, his actor oh. name is Greg. I don't remember his name. But uh, come up and be like, man, it seems like there's not a lot of hope going around anymore. And then she's like, ah. And then Rose going, well, what? Come on. And then she's like, we must never give up hope. And that's how all of yeah. the yeah. Leia stuff plays. So their hands are tied, though. I don't know how they could have done a better thing. Mm -mm. No. Because I think the only thing they could have maybe done, but I don't think it would have gone over well, is like Prince, like in the opening crawl, like Princess Leia has passed and it's... 10 years later, and now Poe is the leader of the Rebellion. Like, I guess that's maybe the only thing Yeah, I think do. a lot of people would be pissed. Yeah, it would be a, it would be a bummer. But at the same time, I mean, if it, if it was 30 years ago, that's what they would have had to have done. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Um, but her daughter is in this movie, Billy Lord. Well, she's in all of them. She is, yeah. Um, I just didn't know that yeah. until watching this documentary. And it was pretty sweet when there's the, like, training sequence. She got to be Leia... Uh huh. And so then they put Leia's face on her face and stuff. And I'm sure. They, oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were showing like on set like how moving that was, you know, yeah, and that's stuff. Cool. And so, anyway, I mean, hey, we just knocked out a chunk of my notes already. Wow. So, interest is this interesting? Yes, <laughs> it is very interesting. So J.J. Abrams directed this movie. <clears throat> now, by. What was here's what was supposed to happen in 2015. Uh, Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World fame was announced to direct this movie, and he wrote a script with his writing buddy Derek Connolly, who has writing credits on those Jurassic World movies. And the script is called Star Wars Duel of the Fates. 
which is cool because that is the name of the that theme that plays. And he wrote this script. And then in 2017, he came out with this movie called The Book of Henry. And there's a really good blank check episode about that uh, movie. And basically, they kind of talk about, one, the movie, I've never seen it. Don't watch it. Just listen to the podcast. It is so funny to hear people describe this movie. and It, it pr- sounds insane. It sounds ridiculous. And it pretty much lost him the, the Star Wars job. Yeah. Uh, and it, that's what they talk about in the podcast. Yeah, it did It did so poorly. And and I think it, it was like, again, I haven't seen it, but but basically the plot is there's this kid who has a brother and then his mom is Naomi Watts. And he... He's like a genius. He's like a savant or something. Yeah. But from the way they describe it in Blank Check, it's very like stereotypical savant stuff. Uh-huh. You know, <clears throat> not treated with a lot of like care. Uh-huh. And then uh, at one point... He dies like in the first act of the movie or something like that. But he like leaves a like leaves a PS I love you type trail of like well, all of how, these things. It's how to murder this man <laughs> that lives across the street for them that is abusing his daughter. Yeah. So he's like this ten year old boy who leaves a notebook on like, Mom, here's how you get away with murder so you can kill this guy who's uh Dean Norris. Hank from uh Breaking Bad. Oh, okay, yeah. So you can kill him so that that girl who is my age can like live without her abusive father. That is the one of the weirdest plots to a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. But when you when you read that and then you also go see his next movie, Jurassic World Dominion, and it's all about locusts, see our episode about it. And it's like one of the worst blockbusters made in years. It's like, yeah, I think there's a theme with this guy. Yeah. He bites off way more than he can chew and fixates on things that aren't very interesting. No. He's very bad. He, he's just not good at his job. Yeah. So when they announced in 2017, hey, because I was like, Trevorrow's doing this? Uh-huh. Like, uh-oh. I, I was really worried because though I, I enjoyed Jurassic World at the time, I can see our episodes on that. Um, I was like, Jurassic World had so much CG to a bad point, yeah. I, I thought. And then... And it, and it wasn't, like, to the caliber of Force Awakens or Last Jedi or anything like that. It was, yeah. like, a B blockbuster, but I enjoyed myself. Yeah. I was like, this guy can't handle Star Wars. Star Wars is A blockbuster. Although we're kind of learning it's usually a C blockbuster, and then occasionally it's an A. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when they announced that, I'm, like, about ready to dance in the streets that J.J. Abrams is finishing the yeah. series. J.J. Abrams... A very competent and I think a great sci-fi director. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, we all know that we've seen Force Awakens. We've seen Star, but Trek. it is like to hear that he's gonna finish it. It's like, oh, I feel safe. Yeah, but then what was interesting, uh, and again, if you if you like the extra homework, Patrick Willems, YouTuber, and one day one day a guest on our pod. I'm just manifesting that into existence. Uh. He made this video before Rise of Skywalker came out that was like, how is this movie going to end? And he went through J.J. Abrams' career and basically pointed out how J.J. has never ended a story that he starts, except for one time. So like Lost, he wasn't writing Lost at the end. Oh, I didn't know that. He helped write it at the beginning, and then other people did it. Alias, same thing. Uh, Star Trek, those two movies don't have like a... There's not like a conclusive episode Uh to them. Uh Uh-huh. 
Mission Impossible, that's episodic. Uh-huh. But there was a show called Felicity that he w- worked on the entire time. And at the end of the show, so Patrick Willems in the YouTube video watches the entire series of Felicity. And he was like, so at the end of this, like she travels back in time. By the way, it's a show about like a high schooler. She like travels back in time and like rechanges stuff, all this weird stuff. And so the end of his video, his conclusion was sort of, I don't think JJ knows how to end a story. Because his yeah. whole thing is like, let's, I mean, look at Force Awakens. Let's take a mystery box and let's just go, everyone goes, ooh, who's Snoke? Who's Ray? Who's this? Who's yeah. that? But he's not answering any questions. Yeah. And so, do you have something there? No, I'm just looking at Felicity. Yeah. Is it Carrie Russell? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, he he's basically making the argument in that video, like, I, I don't know what this movie will be, but I'm not so certain that J.J. knows how to provide a concluding chapter. Okay. And I think when you watch this movie, it's very evident he doesn't know how to conclude a chapter. Yeah. So... Again, back into the movie. Uh, there's another huge problem with this movie. So there's a story by credit to four people. Colin Trevorrow, uh, uh, his writing partner, Derek Connolly. And then there is Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams. And they also have a screenplay credit. Now, Chris Terrio, you might not remember, but we talked about him a while ago when he did the screenplay for Batman v. Superman, a movie that is a mess. Uh-huh. And he also co-wrote the Justice League Joss Whedon version of the movie, Uh which is one of the biggest messes and dumps of a movie I've ever seen. Uh So why do you hire this man? He is not cut out for friends. Maybe he's good at like drama or something. This is not his cup of tea. Yeah. Or maybe he's holding it together and and it's the other people he works with. (laughs) I don't think so. This is, that's three strikes. (laughs) Batman. Uh, Justice League, Skywalker, stop giving him franchises. Uh-huh. Okay, so th- that's that's where we're at. Uh, the movie has a $275 million budget, makes 515 domestic and $1 billion worldwide. And uh, let's see. Uh, I think all that I have left is that Abram allowed more improvising in this movie. Okay. Which makes sense because a lot of the dialogue in this movie is very cheeky one-liners that aren't very good. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Kajimi, the planet uh, that they visit where Carrie Russell's on it, is a tribute to the Hidden Fortress. They designed it oh, cool. kind of based off of that, which if you didn't listen to our Patreon episode at patreon.com slash Macaw, two months ago, three months ago, we covered the Hidden Fortress, which is the movie that... Uh, kind of inspired C-3PO and R2-D2 and kind of gave George the hintling, hintling uh-huh. of an idea. That's cool. And then last minute, uh, he kept the kiss in at the very last minute of Ray and Dang, Kylo. we were that close to losing it. Yeah. So that's what I have for the notes on this movie. Okay. Actors, there aren't that many. Um, let, me, let me get to it. My notes. Aren't that many new ones. There's a ton of actors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Richard E. Grant, it is a Grant. That's what his name is. Um, he, remember. I actually don't remember the character's name, but he's Pride. Pride. That's right. Bad name. Uh, this guy gave a very quiet performance, which was very interesting. This guy to me is always usually kind of not like bombastic big, 
I don't know. I love this guy. He's great. He's great. Um, he is also in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Talk about Such a, a good great movie. performance yeah. in that one. Gosford Park with Nail and I, and he's also in the Loki show. He's one of the Lokis. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. He he's always so good. And I liked him in this movie a lot. He he is incredible in everything I've seen him in, which is not everything, but everything I see him in, he exactly matches the tone of the movie. He does. And I think he does what he needs to do in this movie. Oh yeah. He's, he's I think his character shouldn't be in this movie, but since it's in the no. movie, he plays it perfect. Yes. But like uh Loki, I remember he was so like over the top he and was. crazy in that. And then like, can you ever forgive me? He's he is like pretty over the top in that, but in a way that his character needs to be. And uh-huh. then when he tones down, it hits so hard. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And then Carrie Russell plays Zori. She's in the Americans, Mission Impossible Three, uh, Felicity, Daughter of the Planet of the Apes, Free State of Jones, Scrubs, and a million other things. Yeah. We all know Carrie. And then Naomi Aki plays Jana, the you know who I'm talking about. Um, she's also been Lady Macbeth, Master of None, The Corrupted, and a little bit of other stuff. Okay. So, of this movie, there are a lot of issues. What 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 is your personal, like, number one thing that if they changed it, you think you might enjoy it more? If they changed it? Yeah. I guess I didn't prepare you for this, because I've thought of well, this often. Well, the, the Jana character should not exist... Although I think the actress does a good job. And She's I, great. I do kind of think that angle is interesting where it's like they get to this planet and it's all of these like stormtrooper defects. Yeah. I, I think that is cool, but they just completely threw away Rose. She Absolutely. has not a single, like it sh- that, that should have been Rose the whole time. So someone has pointed out that she has 10 minutes of screen time in Last Jedi. She has two minutes of screen time in this movie. Rose. She only has 10 minutes of screen time in The Last Jedi? I, I mean, I think that that's like counting to the second, you know? Yeah. Like, if she's not in a shot, they're not counting it, you know? So it seems like she has a lot more. But um, that's just crazy. And that yeah. is 100%. It's a reaction to a uh, fan base, a toxic fan base that's like, we don't like this person. She's on the poster of the movie, and I'm shocked by that. Yeah. That she's barely in this movie. You're going to put her on the poster still? That's well, good weird. for her. I well, mean, yeah. Um, and then, so you have the rose of it all, which is nothing. And then, unfortunately, unfortunately, very unfortunately, because I like that character. Yeah. And so then, uh, the Finn, also another character, completely pooped on. Yeah. They, they're everything that they do with him in this movie is bad to me. <laughs> well, and it sucks. And so, like, at the at the height of Black Lives Matter protests, he did an interview, and they asked him about this movie, and he was very candid, and he basically said, Disney, I would tell Disney now that you can't, like, market this, market these movies as, like, wow, we have this crazy, insane black character, and then just sideline me in the last movie. Yeah. And I think he's right. For yeah. a series that has, like... Four, maybe four black people in the whole series you can't just throw one of them out no he, and and speaking of that, like rose too it's like you can't just throw her out yeah like we need some diversity in these movies yeah so uh, yeah that's frustrating yeah 
so he they just completely threw him away as well i mean i think they were just they they were i feel like they never quite understood what they were trying to do with him though in this whole trilogy they just weren't figuring it out and then i kind of think poe had too much to do yeah (laughs) but i don't really have a fix for that yeah i but it's just it's almost like too many cooks or something it's, it's almost like four different people worked on the screenplay. It it does feel like that. And none of them were Ryan Johnson. <laughs> and then there is some stuff with Ray's character that I just don't know if they were would be true for her character. Yeah. Do you have an example off the top of your head? Like when she finds out who her family is and she rejects it and is going to like live a life of solitude. And oh, is yeah. Like crying and th- like burning up Kylo's ship. And just to me is kind of acting like a little kid throwing a fit. Yeah. And it's like, I I under I mean I understand you find out that you're not nobody. You're the granddaughter of a very terrible person. But all leading up to that, she didn't really strike me as someone <coughs> that would like not choose the noble thing. Right. She just reacts. Yeah. It's so it didn't strike me as true. Not me neither. And one one thing that's so like for me the biggest problem with this movie is the emperor no, hands down yeah um and it's it's silly because we've seen him die and he's obliterated and then is he, he yeah he gets he gets thrown down that shaft by yeah. Darth Vader a green thing oh, comes yeah, up yeah, and yeah. then the entire Death Star blows up yeah 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 so he is like totally gone yeah and then um. He comes back and they're basically like, he's back. They don't really offer an explanation that makes any sense. They don't really say anything. There's sort of implications of like cloning stuff, but it's not explained. Um, and so that I think is lame. And and then the the coupled with that is this idea that she is Palpatine. She's a Palpatine. Yeah. I think that's one of the stupidest things they've ever done in like the entire series. Yeah, it's pretty lame. Because the ideology of the last Jedi was like anyone can be a Jedi. These stories will live on. Yeah. It it gets to a point where there's a little kid who's sweeping and he like uses the force mm-hmm. and looks up to the skies. That's the last yeah, shot of the it movie. It kind of goes back to the like the midi chlorians thing. Absolutely. Where it's like we can't have a character that's just uh uh random. Yeah. And like you and me, you know? And so they have to have this legacy and this heritage yeah and so the whole force awakens like i mean uh last jedi spends all this time saying let's move forward but honor the legacy and this this can live on in everyone and then this movie's like no let's go back to the big bad guy he was behind everything he was behind snoke so there's your explanation fan theories for snoke he's behind ray so there's your fan theories there oh yeah and kylo and ray are gonna kiss because a couple people on the internet thought they looked hot together it just feels like a very internet reaction movie. Yeah, it does. It's not really even a cohesive story. No. Yeah, the first uh, like act, maybe even like kind of the first half of the movie, it's very choppy and fast. Like the pacing is oh, not great. Oh, it's weird. And I, I looked at my old letterbox reviews, and even though the f- my first two times watching it, I was like, I like this movie. The first time I saw it, I did write, the first hour of this movie is all over the place. Yeah. So even when I was caught up in the theater experience i knew pretty immediately like oh this is not the best of the new star wars movies like no not at all yeah 
Um, so how does this movie start? So it starts with a scroll that says, the dead speak. And it says, the emperor is back. Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, I'd heard, they're, they're, they had confirmed rumors and stuff that he was in the movie, but it was like, okay, so we are doing that. And then it cuts to Kylo Ren, and he's on this planet. He's searching for him because he wants to destroy him so that he can be supreme, uh, Kylo. Yeah. Oh, um, that's the other thing. I, I I remember when Last Jedi ended, we had this wonderful opportunity where we've seen a character, Kylo Ren, who has been a bad guy for two movies. But unlike Darth Vader, we've, we've already seen the push and pull uh-huh. that he has. And so now he is the big bad guy. So I think the number one change I'd make on this, besides Ray just being a nobody, I would leave that, is I would make Kylo Ren the bad guy of the movie. not No emperor. And then at the end, I would want him to find redemption. Yeah. But I, w- I love the idea that he is the supreme leader. Like, that hasn't happened in Star Wars in that way. Yeah. And to have him, like, he has gone up the ranks, and then in the last movie, it's like, I am Kylo Ren. I am your new emperor yeah and the whole movie they're like we got to get kylo ren and ray is like but i don't want to kill him there's good in him and they keep facing off and she's like i'm not gonna strike you down yeah because there's good in you and then she gets to you know bring him to the light yeah i i just remember i thought for sure they were gonna do that Mm -hmm. and then they're like let's just bring in the emperor Hmm. it's so lazy yeah i know and i feel like listener you might in a little bit think like oh they're contradicting themselves but that last part of the movie <laughs> the big battle scene and the <laughs> it's really good face off stuff i do like that stuff but i agree with what you're saying for yeah. sure about it well i th- i think you could still you could still have that amazing moment where all the jedi channel through ray yeah where it's like kylo has her beaten and then she defeats him doesn't kill him i think killing him is a total waste in this movie um and she channels all the Jedi you and brings him to the light. Interesting is like kind of like at the beginning of uh, in the first movie, Kylo's kind of like trying to speak to his grandfather. Yeah, but he's just looking at the mask. Yeah, but there's no like there's no like Sith people coming back as holograms. Right. That's interesting. And and, and Jedi they do. Return of the Jedi. Well, like just in general, they come back as holograms sometimes. Oh, 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 yes, yes. And it, it it's interesting. Well, I guess Anakin does come back as a hologram. But that's because he gets redemption. Yeah. I'm just thinking out loud. But okay. like, <laughs> it, it would have been, let's say like Kylo is just the main bad guy. Yeah. And he continues to choose the dark side, even though he's been, had has had that push and pull. And like, we do see something we've never seen before. We do get all of these Siths like talking to him. These like dead ones. Palpatine, even the Plagueis guy, like I mean, that's so that would be cool. All that stuff, because I I do like kind of like at the end of this movie, it it comes out of left field, and it's like I don't want to think about it too hard, but I kind of like it where (coughs) Palpatine's like, you have to kill me so that I can enter you, and all the Sith will be in you, and you will. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Even though it doesn't, and and this movie didn't really make sense. No, they didn't set it up at all. But uh. But if there was a world where like that, what that kind of ha- was happening to Kylo? Well, yeah, yeah, that's a great. I mean, you could have a movie where he is like, 
he is looking for that Sith throne. Like where he's like, I've conquered the galaxy. Yeah. I'm the supreme leader. I need to find the Sith throne. And they're like, we we can't stop him. And we're like, Ray, you're the only one who can stop him. And then uh, Finn, every like 20 minutes, could go, hey, Ray, I got to tell you something. <laughs> oh, you want to keep that? Oh, yeah. That's a really good writing trick where you have to buy uh, the supplementary book to explain that uh, certain details of this movie. Yeah. By the way, they announced this. This will make you mad. This will make you like 100% not like Star Wars anymore. When they announced that the Emperor was not was going to be in this movie, there was a transmission of the Emperor speaking in the game Fortnite. Oh, I heard about that. So that's that's how they made their big announcement. That the Emperor's yeah, I, in this I, movie. I think I remember that happening. That's that hurts a little bit. Yeah. While people are dabbing. Yeah. Um, it's all about money, though, man. Yeah, nothing sacred. <laughs> but here, well, and also Star Wars isn't sacred because there it, there have been bad movies since the early two thousands. So, yep. you know, I, that's why I can bash this movie and then like wipe my hands clean and be like, "Cool, I'm excited for the next one because there's gonna be another bad one and then there's gonna be another great one." Like that's the nature of this thing. That's what I'm realizing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But, I mean, it, it all fell apart in 1999 when he put out The Phantom Menace. Yeah, so, yeah. that's the fourth movie. Yeah. I mean, we're 11 movies in. Yeah. There's more good ones than bad ones. So, yeah. But, uh, there is one thing that remains constant yet again. For the ninth time, John Williams comes in and makes <laughs> an iconic, beautiful, incredible score. He really does. He's great. And at the beginning of this, Kylo's flying around, and John Williams is just slam dunking on every other composer working that year. And Less Little Women came out this year. And it is just like, oh, it did, actually. So he's not slam dunking on Alessandro Duplat. But it's incredible. The score is great. And later in this movie, which was J.J.'s idea, he mentioned it to John, and then John's like, that's a good idea. When Kylo has talked to his father... And then he comes and he's found redemption. His theme that's been playing for two movies sounds triumphant and it doesn't sound evil anymore. That's cool. That is incredible. That. Yeah. That is the kind of stuff that I just am like, he is a true genius yeah. to be able to do that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Amazing. Love, John. You've done nine incredible scores and he will not make any more Star Wars scores, he has said. But he did the Skywalker saga. Good for him. So, um, then we have this scene where the the Emperor and Kylo are together. We see clone babies of Snoke. Yeah. And the Emperor proceeds to explain, I was behind Snoke. I was the connection between you and Rey. Um, I'm alive. And the, that movie that Ryan Johnson directed doesn't matter. Yep. And we've, we've taken it all back. Yep. We just need another 20 minutes to take back everything that he established. Yep. So he does that. Um, and, and he says, like, uh, you need to go kill that Jedi, speaking of Rey, and she is not who you think she is. Yep. So then it's like, I, I remember thinking a little bit further into this movie, I just remember being in theaters the first time because they had already announced that Ryan Johnson was going to direct an entire trilogy of Star Wars movies. They were like, he's going to direct his own. And when I watched the first 40 minutes of this movie, I was like, oh, he's never making another Star Wars movie because <laughs> yeah. they are not happy with his movie. Yeah. 
So, um, so Ray is training on whatever their the rebel planet is. And which, sorry, I'm no, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I think their planet's a little bit boring that they're on. It's just ferns. I, I think the rebel planet could have been a little more interesting to look at. The sets. I don't really have an opinion. That's all about that one. Yeah, it, I don't really care. It just wasn't okay. Too crazy. I'll let you have that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she is training and yeah, I mean, she's not really doing anything right now while Poe and Finn, I don't know what they're doing. So I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying not to talk through this entire episode. I definitely have COVID brain because <laughs> it's really hard for me to focus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ray is has a bunch of rocks floating around her and she's saying speak to me speak uh-huh. to me speak to me which we will find out later and they this is another problem with this movie is they don't set up these things they just tell them to you yep. so we find out later that that's her trying to channel all of the jedi because at yeah. the end of the movie she says speak to me speak to me and they all speak to her yeah but they don't it, it's just kind of a random thing it's never it's not like in another movie they said oh man, one day the Jedi will all speak through this person. It's just like, she's saying, speak to me, speak to me. I don't know what that means. It almost would have been better if she just didn't do that at all. She's just training. I never even noticed it the previous two times. Yeah. And I thought it was fine how how at the end she just that says you, it. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been better. Yeah. Um, And then they're, they're trying to show that she's angry because they're trying to make this stupid connection with her and Palpatine because she's doing the training and she's getting really mad. It's just like Harry Potter when Harry is so has anger issues, but they do it better. Absolutely, they do it better. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then Poe and Finn are on the Millennium Falcon with a giant space slug that when I see that giant space slug... Who's in there oh, with them. Oh, yeah, that guy's cool. I'm like, okay, I've had a lot of problems, but guess what? They're all gone now because I'm looking at this giant space slug. Yeah, he's cool. And they fly into this area, and they see this guy who has, like, cool tusk things. And I'm like, okay, I have zero problems with the movie now. I'm looking at these two Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. They, they get, like, a... Oh, yeah, there's, like, a spy in the, res, in the um, Imperial Army, whatever, yeah. uh, who gives them, like, information. And it's the it's a re- transmission that says the em- emperor is alive. Yes. And so there's a spy in the imperial army. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Kind of interesting. They kind of. I never cared. But they, I never. Cared. Well, yeah. They never bring it up until like the end when he's I like, "I was the spy," and you're like, "Huh?" Yeah. So then they fly out of there. They have this great sequence where they're light speed skipping, just like in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, Two. It's cool. And that's really fun. The only thing that's not as fun is that we don't have baby Groot to throw up. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that is a problem. Yeah. That is one problem with Star Wars is no, no baby no, Groot. No baby Groot. Um, and then, uh, yeah, their hands are really tied with the Leia di- uh, dialogue. So, yeah, they get they get back and... So they they get back and this is they they get the information. So they find out what's happening. They find out they got to get that triangle. There's two of them. They got to find a holocron, a, I believe it's called. The holocron. They got to get another one. Yeah. Or go find one. Cuz Kylo has one. Kylo has one and, and this will lead them to the emperor. And Ray does the classic like we've seen it a million times like I have to do this by myself thing. 
thankfully it didn't last that long yeah but it's just kind of like we've seen this so many times just let them go with her because by the time they get there she's so she's so naive still that like she never would have gotten the job done so why would she ever think that she could and that's just a silly like (laughs) it's just a it's 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 just a, a a thing that doesn't happen in real life where we're where they just want to make something dramatic and have and f- and have an excuse for one character to be somewhere. Yeah. And it's silly cuz it's like even even in things that aren't trivial it's like, "Hey Jordan, can you come with me?" <laughs> oh, I don't want to go to the store alone. Come with me. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a silly trope that yeah. is throughout all movies. <laughs> but they they need to go to this certain planet because Luke has been there to search for this thing before. Yeah. What? And uh, confused by that and that's the thing where they're just they are not showing they're just telling they're yeah. like we need they're what you said is basically what they say in the screenplay yeah and and they're like oh yeah there's a holocron they're a map and they do this thing but it, they're so they're doing this like treasure hunt thing that's kind of maybe they're trying to hearken to indiana jones but indiana jones has like some intrigue and there's no intrigue Although, in their treasure hunting love the 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 planet Planet cool. The stuff that the aliens are doing are is cool. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, but then there's something else that happens that you had a big reaction to before they even get to the planet. Um, An actor walks onto the screen, and his name is Don- Dominic Monahan. Oh, Ma- or Monahan? Is it? No, that's uh, Monahan. Michelle Monahan is who I'm thinking of in Mission Impossible. Dominic Toretto. I, no, it's it's, no. it's it's like Monahan, but it's not exactly Monagahan. Mon. It's it's Mary, folks. No, yeah, it's Mary from Lord of the Rings. Mary from Lord of the Rings. I just got to find. Yeah. yeah. So they put this guy in the movie and yeah, it's Monaghan. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, every time he's on screen, I like had to say something. I, it's just like, why are, why is he in this movie? It's very weird. It, it is so it's, distracting. It's just the lost connection, I think. Because, because this, this actor... I know he's in other stuff. He's in like one of the lowest grossing movies of all time. There's a fun fact about him. Yeah. But like a movie that grossed like was it wasn't it like three hundred and fifty dollars? Oh, so it was so little. But it like he basically though, like people only know him. He, he is in Lost. He's in Lost. He yeah. is in Lost. But he, but people really know him from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. why are they throwing him in here? This in, in so another weird. giant franchise. It's so distracting. Every time he said something, I could not pay attention to what was being said. Like it actually ripped me out of whatever was happening. Yeah, I could not focus for a second when yeah. he was on screen. And it is so strange. It's just if if anyone's in casting, I obviously this was like a JJ thing, you know, yeah. like. I worked with this guy. Just go in this movie and these be this character. Don't do stuff like that. You got to be really careful because it's going to distract <laughs> your audience like crazy if you do stuff like that. Especially when it's it's a nothing part. That's the biggest thing. Carrie Russell is a good example where she's a big enough name that it's like, oh, she's in this? Well, she moves the plot, too. But she moves the plot. Dominic... We also don't really see her face, but... Right, but Dominic's just like... Leia, what did you say? Weird dialogue from Force Awakens. Okay. Like, whoa, weird. Oh my gosh, it's so awful. But Don't I, do I, stuff I like think that. we're also in this weird spot. Like, a lot of those Lord of the Rings act, well, actually, not a lot of them. Just, I think just the Hobbits, really, where they are so identified as Lord of the Rings, it's just hard to put them in anything. It is. I, well, 
Elijah Wood and Sean Aston have gone past it, but um, we don't see these other two. Yeah, Billy Boyd. I don't. I've never seen him in anything else. I know he acts, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Seen him in I haven't seen him either. in anything ever. So it would be just as weird to see him in something for me. Yeah. Um, and it, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sorry, dude. You're Mary. It's yeah. too late. Yeah. So JJ, don't put him in this movie. Right. In, in this kind of role. Although I wonder if someone has watched all of Lost, if they feel differently. Maybe, maybe that would color your experience because Lost came out and went past. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So maybe some people identify him. I, I don't feel like th- doing the homework for that. No. Although there is part of me that does want to watch Lost still. I have never, I've never wanted to watch Lost. Yeah. It, it just, it almost feels like, a, well, one, it, it's like apparently really disappointing. Yeah. Kind of like how like I never have a desire to watch Dexter for the same reason. Right. It's just, it's like, oh, I feel like I missed it. Yeah. In a good way. You missed the disappointment. Yeah. So that's why I feel like I don't need to watch it. Right. Yeah. It'd be like if you didn't have to watch a, the a Fantastic Beast movie. Yes. You, you'd have missed out on disappointment. But not so. <laughs> so um, then they do another thing taking back the previous movie. Kylo puts his mask back together. For yeah. no reason at all. It, it it doesn't make any sense. Well, if anything, I think it just symbolizes him continuing to choose the dark side. Yeah, but uh, I I think it's because it's like now his character arc is regressing. It's not moving forward. Yeah, wait, where did his character end up in the last movie? His character ended up he fought Luke at the end at the Battle of Kray. Yes, and then he was. I think he just like oh, sensed he... that connection with Ray. But then I think he was like, "I'm the em- I'm the yeah. emperor now," and that's why I thought, "Oh, they're gonna do that." The oh, supreme okay, leader. Yeah. He's the supreme leader. Yeah, and now it's like in this movie, he meets Palpatine and is gonna destroy him, and then Palpatine's like, "Nope, follow me," and he's like, "No, nah, okay, it's all I can really do." Yeah, and then and then he's like, because the previous movie he had he had kind of put away that idea of like I'm gonna be my grandfather. Now he's like, I'm gonna forge my own destiny. Yeah. And he destroys the helmet. That's the symbolism of that. Yeah, and then this yeah, movie, yeah. Palpatine's like, do exactly what I made your dad do or your grandfather yeah, do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Just lazy. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just lazy writing. Yeah. Um, so then they are on that planet. Yes. There is that huge celebration, which is really cool. The aliens are cool. The babies are cute. Now, the babies, Jordan. They have an underground bunker beneath those babies. That was controlling them? And they have like, uh, I think like 16 or 17 puppeteers underneath. (gasps) And all those little babies that are like watching the story are all puppets. (gasps) Really cool. They looked so good. I think there might be more puppetry in this than any of the other Star Wars movies, potentially. Wow. Just because when I think back on it, it's like there's very few CG characters. Yeah. And even Maz Kanata, she... I can't believe they took our advice, and I never noticed this the previous times, but she's not CG in this movie. Yeah, she's real. She is like an animatronic puppet. Yeah. And it looks good. Yeah, it does. I don't know why they didn't do that for the others. She's also barely in this movie. Which I was grateful for. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so stormtroopers are about to catch up with them, <laughs> um, but someone sweeps them away at the last second, and who is it but Lando Calrissian? Fun. Yeah, I think it's fun too. Um, why is he there though? Uh, 
Yeah, that's what kind of doesn't make sense. Because he's like, I helped Luke look for this a long time ago. And I guess I'm still here. I, it's it's the very big weird. highlight of that scene for me was when he tells the driver like go here and the puppet which looks like a muppet is like okay yeah yeah <laughs> I am obsessed with any Star Wars type character that has a weird voice uh-huh. uh, and hits punctuation strangely uh-huh. but yeah he just kind of stayed there which doesn't really feel like something land like land is just living out in the desert I I did read that in the because the Colin Trevorrow script has leaked, yeah. and it leaked a long time ago, and many people think it's better. Now, I think his script, I read the plot synopsis, it's a better story. No Emperor, no no Ray being uh, from lineage. Uh-huh. She's a nobody still. So there's certain elements that I really like. I do think that Colin Trevorrow is such a bad director that it would have absolutely been worse than this movie. Yeah. Because he just can't direct. Yeah. But um, one thing that I did really like is that Lando owns like a cabaret bar or something like that. That makes and they, sense. They like come across him, and he's still being kind of a womanizing, like kind of suave guy. Yeah. And in this movie, he's like, "I gave it all up, and I stayed here waiting for people." That I, doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it is really fun when they see him because Chewie pushes past oh, everyone know, and gives him cute. a big hug. It is cute. And he goes, Chewie! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that. Yeah. But then they're chased because Kylo and the Knights of Ren are catching up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they find the ship of the guy that Luke was chasing a long time ago, and then they, they uh, <laughs> fall in a sand pit, and then they're like in these un- un- underground tunnels. Yeah. Come across a snake. No, no, no. They find the skeleton of the dude with a sword with something written on it in Sith. Which they like immediately find this this like dagger that they need. Yeah. But C-3PO can't read it. I like that touch that he's programmed yeah. not to read Sith. It's funny because um, he talks so much and he can't say something this time. Yeah. Also, I, C-3PO, MVP of the movie. MVP easy. Yeah. The C-3PO stuff in this movie rules. It was funny every time. He's... We we there were a couple times where we laughed like when they fall through the sand, and then Poe goes Finn Ray, and then C three PO goes You didn't ask about me, but I'm fine, sir. <laughs> That's so funny. Really, really, really funny. He, I, it's 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 nice that like though this movie is so bad, like C three PO does get his due in a way he never has before. Yeah, and I like that. And he has a whole arc thing too. He does. It's crazy. It's cute. It's funny. Um, yeah, then they, so they get this dagger and then they're like, okay, we got to figure this out. But we got to get out of here. So they come across the snake that Ray heals. Wonder if that's going to come back. And then uh, yeah, they, yeah. they get to, they get out. Now, quick pause. One thing I'm wondering if maybe you caught it, but I didn't. In The Last Jedi, we find, so Ray and Kylo have that connection where they can like see each other. Yeah. And, the way they use it in this movie, I think, is really cool, but I'm not sure it makes sense. Because Snoke says, hey, I made that connection. That's how you guys were able to do that. And then Snoke is killed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how they're still able to connect. Yeah. I think that that shouldn't have... Well, yeah, I know. I, I think I agree with you on that, that they shouldn't have been able to connect still. But didn't Palpatine say that he's still keeping it? 
Well, but see what what's confusing to me on that is like the end of the movie, the way she is able to defeat Palpatine is by using that link. I think that their souls are connected or something though. Um, Cause didn't Palpatine say something where like he's sucking the life force out of them and said something about their souls being connected. He says something to the effect and it's poorly, desc- it's as poorly described as the end of Phantom Menace when they go, when there's one Sith, there's always another yeah. a apprentice and a master, but there's only two. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm sure there's novels that explain the theory I'm about to say. But in the movie, he's like, you two are a dyad, which means you are connected with your dyadness. And now you are no longer dyads, dyads. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what that means at all. Uh-huh. And at the end of the movie, he's just, much like this movie, they're just explaining concepts that they're introducing with no like showing at all. Yeah. If there had been a scene at the beginning that showed Ray like trying to reestablish the link or something, it would make more sense. But they just like have this link that Snoke gave them that. that that's why I think the Emperor controlled. I think I think it's cool that Snoke said that. You know that was a thing because that was interesting in that movie. But I think yeah. it would have been easiest if that was never said. They were just they did just have this connection. Yeah. Well, it would just be easier if. JJ and Chris Terrio just followed that up to its logical conclusion, which is they can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it is kind of cool. Cause there is that light. They have a lightsaber battle, like where one's on a planet and one's in a ship. So visually, oh, I it love looks it. awesome. And he's able to figure out where she is. Cause he knocks over the Darth Vader mask. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, they just needed to explain how they still have the link. Without the Emperor just saying dyads 20 times for no reason. Yeah. And I would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I guess if you hire better writers, you would have had it there. Um, so many writers, though. Like, yeah. They have so many writers on this stuff. But they, they missed one, and that writer is Ryan Johnson. <laughs> they should have had him do... He was supposed to do a treatment for the movie. Yeah. Uh, before they even hired... Raro. Yeah, I think so. He was supposed to do just like a little treatment, which would help guide them. Yeah. And then later he said, like, no, that didn't happen. Hmm. That was, like, uh, incorrectly reported. Hmm. But they should have. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I do think Force Awa- rewatching these years later, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I do think they connect really well. But this movie's just kind of random. It's so random. And it feels like fan fiction to but me. But we get a cool part coming up when Kylo is speeding onto this planet, barreling towards Rey. Hmm. And she does this cool flip and destroys his ship. Yeah. I think that looks so cool. That's amazing. I love it. And it this whole actually this whole sequence is really cool. Yeah. Um, because Chewie is prisoner. I, I think it's I think it's kind of dumb though. We're like they're on this ship trying to get away. Ray has the scent. There, there's so there's so much of this movie of her staring off and feeling something that we can't see. Yeah. Which I don't think works. No. That's not good. No. And then there's all there's <laughs> almost an equal amount of Finn staring off and feeling something. Yeah. But we get that we understand that even less than her. At least her, we know she has the force. Anyway, she's down there, she knows Kylo's coming. And uh Chewie is like gonna go after her, and it's like he immediately gets captured. It's just yeah. all it just feels very cheap. It's like, yeah, we need to get a catcher so that this whole thing can happen. Anyway, 
That being said, yeah. I like this kind of sequence. That cool thing happens with the ship. And then Chewie's getting away on the carrier. And her and Kylo are like force, force fighting. fighting over it. We said the same thing. <laughs> and um, that's cool. That's cool. And it, and like lightning comes out of her. Like but he he pushes her yeah. to like a, a a a state of anger that's like towards hatred. Yeah, that I like. Destroys the ship. Everyone thinks Chewie is dead. When so this reminds so like the the lightning is always a a dark side thing, and yeah. obviously that shows her connection to Palpatine. Another thing that I liked about the Trevaro script is it kind of culminates with Ray. She's had the struggle with dark and light the whole time. Mm-hmm. And she, much like in Last Jedi, when when Luke describes it, she finds at the end of the movie, she finds the balance in between, which is like there, you know, like we can maybe access the dark side as long as it's balanced with the light. Mm-hmm. And so it felt like kind of a new development, the mm-hmm. yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, it culminates with her being able to kind of use both in a way. Mm-hmm. It, that's how I understood yeah. stood it. And I think that makes more sense than, like, your dad's, your grandpa's Palpatine. Yeah. Um, and it would have been more in line with what they set up in the previous movie. Yes, definitely. But, yeah, so, and then no one thinks that Chewie is dead. It's like, why even set it up to think Chewie's dead? Yeah. That's just, but they they do show us he's alive like two minutes later. They do, yeah. But it's that's just an aggravating thing. It's like you're not gonna not give us a hero moment for Chewie to die. Like, so like let it be Finn or something. Like it, so, someone we yeah. have less a- attachment to, and in nostalgia wise. Yeah. <coughs> um. Or like R two or something. I don't know. No, that would be just as bad. What am I talking about? Any of the legacy <laughs> characters would be just as bad. Yeah. But they go to Kajimi. Kajimi to meet with the one character that saves this whole movie. Yes. Babu Frick. Babu Frick. So let everything that has been said and will be said <laughs> disparagingly about this movie be corrected simply because Babu Frick is in this movie. Yeah, if if I had written a review for this movie, the review would be like I would just delete I would say like story minus five. Characters minus ten, Babu Frick plus fifty. This is the best Star Wars movie ever made. Exactly, um, because Babu Frick rules. And I can't. I gotta look up the actress's name because I don't remember. It's Moaning Myrtle. Shirley Henderson plays Babu Frick. She also plays Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. She's one of the craziest voice actors ever. She's got the really? craziest voice. Really? She? This no, car- no. I mean, but she does oh, a lot she of does other a, voice a lot acting. Of voice acting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> sorry sorry but uh yeah she's wonderful it's it's one of the best things and and at the end of the movie when um whatever carrie russell's character comes flying in yeah. for, at the saving you can kind of tell that babu frick is like added in post uh-huh. when he pops up but it's like that was the best decision you could have possibly <laughs> made about this movie and he's so tiny he's so tiny he's there's and no cg and gross and and he's basically reprogramming C-3PO so that he can tell them what the Sith Wayfinder says. Yeah, so there's another part of this. Throughout this movie, like, Poe, like, hot wires a car. Well, a ship. Oh, yeah, this part's dumb. And then we get to this planet, and it's, like, kind of a a sketchy planet. But Scuzzy. 
Yeah, and but like he's he he is really familiar with this planet and these people here, especially Zori, this person. And Finn is like very wrapped up in like what kind of life did you live before this? Like judging him, like yeah. I gotta know about this life that you lived. And it's like, um, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Why? I, I I don't think that they really have chemistry like they were thinking that they did because there's a lot of back and forth from Finn and Poe, and it does not work for me. No, it's it's very weird. Yeah, and but it, like it worked in the first movie. Yeah, <coughs> but it it just doesn't it doesn't they they feel like they're different characters than they were in the previous two. Yeah, and I think there is not to say that like John Boyega and Oscar Isaac are not good improvisers, but it does reading that line where JJ said they could improvise more. Like I think about the scene where he's like, "What did you do before this? Were you or are you were a spice runner?" And he's like. He's like, you were a stormtrooper. You were this. We can do this all day. I know. It's, it's like, like, why is Finn? Ugh. Why is Finn like worried about what everyone's past is all of a sudden? Like he yeah. was a he was a bad guy, and it sucks with Finn. So Not that it was his choice or anything. Yeah, but. like the whole series, he's been like Ray, 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 Ray. Yeah, and then he meets Rose, and they have kind of a connection. Yeah. And then in this movie, it's like no connection to Rose. He's still like Ray, 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 but he never has like a moment with Ray. No, he doesn't. Um, I guess he's supposed to tell her that he's force sensitive according to the companion books or yeah. something. But then, and then he like meets another person that he's like, wow, we have a connection. And it's like, pick a lane, guys. I know. I know. And I'm not saying he needs to be romantically involved with any of them, yeah. but it's just. It's just strange. Yeah. Well, they, like I said, they didn't. They've never figured out his character. Yeah. Um, but Kajimi is a really amazing set. <laughs> it is a cool set for sure. Like I like the scene too. I, they we meet Dio, a new droid that's yeah. very cute. Um, John Williams makes a cameo. John Williams makes a cameo. And you know what they did at the set? They they gave him a thing. And he's been nominated for like 51 Oscars or something like that. Holy crap. And so uh, there's a behind the scenes where you see JJ explaining it all to him too, where he's like, if you look around the shot that we have you comprised in, everywhere you look, there's something that represents one of your 51 nominated scores. Jeez. And so he's showing him stuff where he's like, this is the iron. This is from Home Alone. There's one of your nominations. And then he's like, this is the whatever from indiana jones their whip from indiana jones is over here and and there's all these things and the, but they try to make them look like spacey uh-huh. but they're all his nominations wow. Wow. which i think is like that's special that's fun yeah that's and it's cool. just a split second but that's another thing where i'm like okay minus uh several bad comments because you put john williams in this <laughs> very um, sweet but yeah so they have to reprogram c3po <laughs> yeah and uh which means he's going to lose his memory, but it's basically to kind of like do reset his factory setting so he can read this thing. But it's like we're losing so it's a this, forbidden language. We're losing this character. Yeah, and it is like wow, this droid is getting a pretty serious character arc. Yeah, this is cool, and people are like kind of tearful about it. But they do it, and he does it, and he says whatever he needs to say. Yeah, and it is funny. Right before Babu does it, he's like. He's like, wait, I just thought of another. Yeah. 
funny. <laughs> but throughout, the, leading up to this point, they were like, we don't have the dagger anymore. What are we going to do? Find out that they can do it through C-3PO. Cool. But they don't need the dagger. They get they do the, go through all this trouble for C-3PO. And then right after that happens, they get that information. They're like, oh, yeah, we do need that dagger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weird. Um, and it, and and I think it kind of cheapens it again. Where like then C three PO is like turned back on, and he's like, "Hey, I'm C three PO, human cyborg relations." And then Oscar Isaac goes, "Oh man, can we turn him off again or something like that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. He just had this big moment. Can we like they're always not like that undercut him, it? I think it's okay. I know it just it's like can't can't movies be a little bit more sincere every once in a while." Not Star Wars. I don't. Well, I don't think American cinema can anymore. Yeah, that's why we've been watching so many Indian movies. They're sincere yeah. as all get out about everything. Uh huh. In the ones we've watched. Yeah. Uh, and so they sneak onto the Star Destroyer with their little pilot chip that that she gives Poe like immediately, even though she hates him. Whatever, but fine. Um, it's a love hate. Yeah, and then they lightsaber duel, which we kind of already touched on. Yeah. Which visually amazing. Visually awesome. They get the dagger that I guess they need now. And then they get away. Yeah, and and I am I am not faulting the visuals because the movie looks great. The the visuals alone put this movie, which maybe story wise isn't as good as say Phantom Menace, which has a bad story too, but the visuals alone put this movie above Attack of the Clones and phantom menace yeah because i can at least like watch it without yeah although phantom menace does look good anyway um we find out that donald gleason who has not had anything to do in this movie is the spy and he saves them and he goes i am the spy and you're kind of like huh and he goes i don't care if you guys win i just want kylo ren to lose like okay which i guess works it just doesn't ring true to me and then richard e grant kills him yeah okay like oh i mean couldn't they have just figured out a different way to escape than this guy who has hated them all the movies helping them yeah it's strange it's it doesn't make any sense no um and then are we at exegol yet you are a palpatine well no we go to the water planet yes we're a part of the death star has landed in the ocean. The set's cool. That's cool. Very cool. They meet the people <laughs> on the cool horse things. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is like, this is where we meet Jana, and it's like, I do like this. However, I would rather have Rose because it's very weird that she's not in this movie. Yeah, it's so, sh- like, jarring. But we all we said our piece on that. Yeah. So Ray at this point is like basically desperate yeah. to just f- get this all figured out. Doesn't even care about anyone anymore. Goes there by herself. Gets the thing, but is met by Kylo, and they have a lightsaber fight. And I do like the fight. Fight's cool. It's cool with the, the way behind the scenes. Yikes! It was a cold day. Really? And they're shooting just gall- thousands of gallons of water on them. Yeah. And there there was a point where they shoot this in London don't know okay uh but one of the one of the guys who was running the water cannon like told told daisy that he wasn't gonna do it and then he did it and she like flipped out at him after the thing and she was like after that i had a little more credit on set like people were a little a little bit more uh but it's they were they were all kind of and even the guy is interviewed and he's like i don't know if i should have done that (laughs) weird yeah 
Um, but again, that, so that, at a point in this fight, though, it feels like they're not just like fighting anymore, but like almost just sparring. Yeah. Like it's like they're just going through the motions. Um, because I don't think he wants to kill her. Yeah. And she doesn't want to kill him, but she is like pushed again to do it. Because he's like, you're a Palpatine. Yeah, and then she she stabs him, but at the same at that same moment, Leia is like, "I know what I must do," and she lays down and and reaches out for Ben and contacts him, and it he hesitates, and then Ray stabs him, and then Ray sees that she also dies, and yeah, it, it's kind of a mess again. Yeah. And then she gives him some life force, and he comes back to life. Yeah. It's a little, like, inconsequential. Yeah, it's just like, why did this happen then? Other yeah. than Leia dying, and that's bad. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's just messy. Bef- before that, like, and and this this gets into a little more cinema sins route, which I don't like to take, but it is just very ultimately silly to me that they show up on this planet, and she's like, let me look at this dagger, pulls out a thing, finds out it's a map, and she happens to be in the right exact spot where it lines up, and then she's like, okay, I guess I'm going to absolutely remember this, go exactly into that interior spot where this points to and immediately find the holocron. Yeah. And then Kylo Ren breaks the holocron. Yeah. So it's like, okay. There's just cool. so much work that to ha- that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. So then she flies away and goes to the Luke Monastery planet. Yeah. And then Ben has a heart-to-heart with Han Solo. Yeah. And it's it's interesting uh, that they they do point out that it's like a memory interacting with him, and Han is not like a force ghost. He's not blue or anything. No. So I think that's kind of interesting and kind of cool. I like that. I do um, too. So it's like maybe that was Leia's last push or something to like give him this reminder. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I like that detail. I think they have a sweet conversation. Yeah. And he says that thing where he says. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Uh-huh. She says on the bridge uh-huh. of Force Awakens. I like it. I like it too. And now he's found redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they throw him away. <laughs> and then they throw him away, quite literally. And so then, uh, they do force block their lightsabers, though. I did write that down, and you can see like the particles shifting. Yeah, that's cool. That looks amazing. Looked really cool. Mimo like it a force block. So now we're at the big battle scene. Rebel forces are good. So so Ray is not actually yet. Oh no, yeah, she goes to the to the island. <laughs> she goes to the island, and before we get there, I do want to point out something else that I think affected people's enjoyment of this movie. In 2019, a movie came out called Avengers Endgame. Which was the culmination of, you know, 10 or 11 years of Marvel movies. And they made what I would consider a perfect adaption of, like, what they could have done with that story. And they made a movie that I think is amazing. And I love it. And it's so epic. It's so final. It's so satisfying. So then a few months later, you go and you're like, they're doing this. Like, this is the end of Star Wars. This is episode nine. This is it. And it's not even close to as good as a Marvel, like a, a series that I think most Star Wars fans think like is not as good as Star Wars. Yeah. And it's not nearly as good as Infinity War, no. Endgame. So I think it. I think for me at least, 
as we were getting closer, I was like, how could Star Wars be as good, but I like this series better? And then when I walk out, I'm like, oh, yeah, Endgame is, like, way better of a movie. It's not even close. Yeah. So I think that affected people's viewing of it as well. So she is on the planet. No, she's on the island. Island. It is a planet. <laughs> um, and then she, yeah, she's she's going to do what Luke did and live a life of solitude. Um, funny thing with, in the last movie, you know, that's what Luke was doing. Yeah. He rejected the force, basically. And with our guest, Mike, he was like, I didn't like that. That didn't feel like something Luke would do. What's funny is I feel exactly that's, I feel like that's not what Ray would do. Yeah. Yeah. So. But remember, we convinced, if you listen to our Force Awakens, we end it with a voice memo of Mike driving home after recording, realizing that the, that, that was the best movie of the sequel trilogy. But yeah, so it's it's interesting. Gotcha, like, I don't Mike. think Ray would do that. No. No. It's strange. And she's just like burning the ship and then she takes her lightsaber and she throws it and then a hand catches it. Yeah. This really annoyed me because this was like the nail in the coffin of JJ saying like, screw Last Jedi. Remember how he throws it over his shoulder? He catches it and he says, you should be more respectful of a Jedi's weapon. And his wig is all wrong. He looks strange. His wig is all wrong. <laughs> it looks weird. I don't know how that kind of stuff happens. Did they not look at the at pictures from the last movie? Very weird. <coughs> it doesn't look connected to his head at all. No, it looks like a rush job. Yeah, I don't know why people don't just hire the hairdressers from Portlandia for every Hollywood gig. Because those yeah. are the best wigs in the business. Yeah. Catches the lightsaber and he's, you know, he gives her some solitude and he's like, come on, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. Then he does have what I think is a f- nice poetic moment where he raises the X-Wing that he never raised uh-huh. in Empire Strikes Back. It plays the theme again, and then she takes off for Exegol. Uh-huh. I think, personally, though, I don't think Luke is needed in this movie at all. No. I think his ending in Last Jedi is so satisfying. But this, to me, again, feels like they're going, fans didn't like how Luke was treated. Let's add a scene where he's like, Jedi's are Jedi's. Jedi, Jedi, Jedi's. We love Jedi's. Hoorah. Uh huh. Like, he finishes arc. Yeah. Just let him go. I know. And let him look at the end like they do in Return of the Jedi. Like, look longingly. Like, hey, guys, yeah. we did it. I don't know. It's just such a fan fiction movie. Oh, that's also when we realized, though. So she gets Leia's lightsaber, and I was so confused here. This is another fan fiction. So thing. Luke gives her. Leia's lightsaber to which I thought what Leia has a lightsaber and then there's this quick flashback of Leia doing training with Luke yeah like Jedi training and it's like okay wait all I thought was Leia was force sensitive I know in the last movie she did some force stuff but like she did Jedi training so there's like this whole other big part to this character that I never knew about. And I had to find out through a flashback. And then not only that, she's doing this light lightsaber training and she gets this vision about her, about Ben. And after this vision, she's like, I'm never touching my lightsaber again until someone does something about it. And what? it's like, that makes no sense. And I think that's a thing again where a fan base is like, hey, there were all these novels and comics that we read and all this other stuff where Leia was a Jedi and you guys didn't adapt it that way and I'm mad. And then they said, okay, she kind of was. Are you happy now? And it's like, well, 
I would have been happy if you did it in a way that was at all making sense. Not just throwing it away. Yeah. Um, so then uh, R2 gives C-3PO his memory, but it only leads up to like Force Awakens, I think. Uh-huh. So that he has some missing years. Uh-huh. Kind of fun. Um, then the Star Destroyers can destroy planets. Yep. Which is like, again? Yeah. <laughs> but... It is, but I take away Micah plate because they did do a real practical explosion. Mm-hmm. You can tell that it is not a CG explosion and it looks amazing. What planet did they blow up? A rando. Oh, okay. An RP, a random planet. <laughs> um, and then we're finally at Exegol, the Sith Stadium. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to say. You've already heard what I think about the Emperor and all his inclusion and stuff, so we can set that aside. The Sith Stadium rules. It's cool. It's awesome. I do love Palpatine's contraption that he's in. I think that's yeah. cool. The throne's cool. The stadium's cool. All the Sith that you you can't see a single person's head, and they're like, and all the noises, the sound I, design. Yeah, I think it's great. Cool. The lightning making those crazy effects. Yeah, I think it's great. Cool. I do remember, I, I feel like in theaters, the lightning sound kind of hurt my ears. Oh, really? But at home, it didn't. It was just like, ooh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. And all these Star Destroyers are like up in the sky. The visuals are just, like we've They're said great. it again and again, visuals are not an issue with this movie. No. So, I I like, so, so barring the things that I have said that I don't like about this movie, I like this last half hour. Me too. A lot. Me too. It'd be better if, yeah, but you've heard this whole episode. Yeah, we don't need to have all our prerequisites because you just listened to all of them. (laughs) Right, right. But it was like we said in the, what is the the last prequel movie? Revenge of of the Sith. Yes. Uh, That movie is very similar to this movie. Not a great movie, but the last part of it I really like with all of my issues with it. And then you kind of forget the first hour. Kind of forget the first hour. I like all that Anakin Darth Vader stuff. Yeah. This, none of it makes sense, but I like all this Palpatine, Ray, and Kylo stuff. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Um, and so Kylo shows up and he's holding his blaster like Han Solo. Yeah. And it looks like Han Solo. I like that detail. Yeah. He fights his Knights of Ren. Yeah. Um, the Emperor goes on about dyads. And then he he like kind of repeats his speech that Snoke gives where it's like, I see you pulling out the lightsaber and you will strike me true. And then the Sith will be in you, which is kind of what he also says in return of the Jedi. So it kind of makes sense. Not really. If you think about it, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but then she does this great move where she pulls the lightsaber behind her and then they connect Uh and she drops it and Kylo catches it and the music get out of here. Uh, and he fights his Knights of Ren and he shows up, and they're having this big battle. The rebels put out a call to space, and no one came, and they're mm-hmm. dying. They're leading an assault on a ship. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that's horses cool. running on a. We've never cruiser. seen that before in a Star Wars movie. Love. Yeah, that's again where it's like, okay, I kind of like the movie because that looks cool. Yeah. Um, and so that's all happening, and then eventually, Ray is like. Knocked down, she gets knocked down, but she gets up again. No, 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 no. Okay. And uh, let's see. Then, oh no! Before that, 
John Williams does a move that's never been done in Star Wars that blew my mind the first time. He plays the ending credit score that is never played in the actual movie proper. The da na 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 That's when all the, everyone shows up. The and they all machina, light not speed. really a duex machina, but you know they come to save the day. Yeah, they all light speed in, and then they're fighting the 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 uh, imperial army or uh-huh. the final order as they call it. Uh-huh. And when that music swelled, I was like, "That is so brilliant and epic." Yeah. But again, that's that's John. What are you gonna do? The guy makes gold. Yeah. Um, and then Ray is kind of like knocked down. And then she says, speak to me, speak to me. And, and, and the camera like goes into space past the emperor. And then you start hearing these voices that are like, Ray, Ray. And you're hearing like, I think they used a sample of Alec Guinness at one mm-hmm. point. You're hearing Luke's voice. You hear Hayden Christensen. You hear Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. I think they even use people from like the Clone Wars show and stuff like that. You hear Yoda, Mace Windu, all these people. And they're like, the Jedi. Mace Windu? Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. You hear that all of that and this I love and she's then she oh, like yeah. has the power of the Jedi. Uh-huh. It's a great moment. Yeah. And then she's able to destroy Palpatine. Yep, obliterates him. Yeah, cuz Palpatine will never learn not to electrocute people uh-huh. when they're throwing it back at him. <laughs> um his fatal flaw. But by then Kylo's like well, she, well no. Ray Ray dies. Yeah. It's and like then, her last ex- <laughs> exertion of energy. And she dies. Kylo crawls out of the pit that he was thrown into and gives his life force to Rey. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to... You said something funny. Lightning in the sky happened, and you said, quote, that's my kind of ASMR. <laughs> it sounded so good. <laughs> yeah. And then Kylo and Rey look at each other, and though they... I mean, there's certainly been a tension between them, but not... Th- their kiss... Get out of here. Not everything has to be a love story. Can't no. people just fight for good? And then Ben just dies. Yeah. And it, it, it is such a waste that he's dead at the end of the movie. I, don't, I have no idea why they would I know, kill him. I it, know. It bums me out because, like, he... I, I think because he's, like, some young character and we know everything about him we knew we know how he turned to the dark side we know his struggle with it the whole time and now he's continued to choose the dark side and now he's finally swung back the other way and it's like he has so much left to give i think that's why it feels cheap that they kill him off especially because if they ever did a series that followed nine like in episode 10 it's like i would have loved to have seen what ray and kylo did together yeah uh not together but like maybe they started a jedi temple or yeah. something i don't know yeah but it's like and and this seems like a move you would do if you were like uh oh we have to make another movie and i don't know what to do with this character let's just kill him yeah but this is like it's the end let him live i know princess leia died we don't like killing does not make something good uh-huh. just killing a character it's like the shock of that is not i don't know yeah i know and so then they come back and then we see something that uh, made me cry. Not the movie. Uh, well, I worded this incorrectly. But we're seeing all the other planets that are seeing this happen. And we see this Ewok walk up. And he has next to him a smaller Ewok. Now, we find out there is a small documentary, six minutes long, on Rise of Skywalker on Disney+, Plus called Warwick and Son. And it did make me tear up. Oh, yeah, it's so sweet. Because Warwick Davis tried out for star wars when he was i think 11 uh-huh 
and he became Wicket, the the famous Ewok. We talked about that in in depth, and then he's done cameos throughout Star Wars. But in this shot in the movie, he walks up, and they look at the Star Destroyer, and he looks down at his little Ewok, and that is Warwick Davis's real life son. So precious. It is so cute, and it honestly makes. The beauty of Warwick in Star Wars makes it all worth it to me. And Babu Frick. And Babu Frick. But I, I really think, like, what's the best thing about Star Wars? Honestly, it's Warwick Davis. <laughs> Warwick Davis is the best thing about Star Wars. He's and pretty great. the fact that he got a career out of all of this, uh-huh. that's honestly worth all of the bad. And because his grandma heard something on the radio. Yeah, that they needed tryouts for, for people who were short uh-huh. or little people, I think is what it said. Uh-huh. And she's like, come on, try out. Yeah. I know you like this whole Star Wars thingy. So sweet. It's the best. Yeah. And then by now, I think his uh, Willow show is out that looks really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I, uh, yeah. And that's, that's Rise of Skywalker, I think. Well, the gray. Well, everyone celebrates. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chewie gets a medal. Chewie gets a, oh, yeah. Chewie gets a medal. Which is nice. Um, and then Ray goes to <laughs> Tatooine where Luke was raised. The center of this galaxy. The center of this galaxy, and it's um, all dilapidated, but this is where she's choosing home. Buries the lightsabers. Leia and Luke are off in the distance as Force ghosts looking at her. This old lady's like, who are you? I'm Ray." This noisy hag. Ray, who? <laughs> Ray Skywalker and her and BB-8 look off into the dual sunset of yep. Tatooine. And I, I do remember... To, to toot my own horn, before this movie came out, I said that I had hoped that at the end of the movie she would choose to be a Skywalker, but we would not reveal her to be an actual one. She would just choose to take that as her name. And uh, so I absolutely called that. Nice job. Um, but it, it, the old woman just makes it kind of silly. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know. At this point, who cares? So we have done it. Yes. We finished Star Wars. Yes. Now, Jordan, I have a pop quiz for you. Uh Uh-oh. In order of release, tell me the names of Star Wars movies. So you have... I'm not going to do it perfectly. Don't make me do it perfectly. You have to. No. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, The the Last Jedi, the, 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 The... What is it? Something Jedi, though, right? Uh-huh. The Revenge of the Jedi. Close. The Return of the Jedi. Yes, yes. And then we have... Uh, 1999. Not Attack of the Clones. Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones. Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Force Awakens. Rogue One. The Last Jedi. Solo. And the rise of Skywalker. You did it. You finally, did it. Finally. Now you know the titles. Yes. Now, do you have any parting words you have for Star Wars? Are we ranking this? We are. We might need to pause so that you can get your rankings in order. Why? Oh, you don't need that. I'm going to do it off the top of the dome. Okay, I've done it. But do do you have any like last words about the series in general? Because you you were going pretty ham on it the other night. I know. I think. Going through this, unfortunately, was not great for me uh, to analyze it so closely. Uh, This series is a mess, and I don't quite understand why people die on hills for it constantly. (laughs) Um, 
but there is there is a lot <laughs> to love. I understand that there's a yeah. lot to love, and I'm even nostalgic for it as well. Yeah, but just calm down about it, people. Is all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, for me, I still love this series. Um, I I think. I think that people are too intense on being like Disney ruined Star Wars because again, rewatch those prequels. I think these movies are much better. Rise of Skywalker is a mess, but the other four that they made are better than all of the the prequels, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um and uh so and and the the series was destroyed its perfection the year after the first one came out with the holiday special. So don't be so precious with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, what excites me is Taika Waititi is set to direct the next movie, which is not supposed to be episode 10. It's supposed to be its own thing. I would imagine a new trilogy. Mm-hmm. And he, as of this recording, he said he doesn't want it to have any characters or anything that we've experienced before. And he's had experience directing Mandalorian. Uh, and fantasy with Thor. So. Yeah, so I I actually, when he's, I've been apprehensive, uh, but when he said that he doesn't want it to have connections, I was like, okay, I think for me, the Skywalker saga, I, I'm, I'm done. I don't need another spinoff show that shows what happened in between episodes. I don't need a Clone Wars thing. I need new stories. I don't want to sit around just waiting for which cameo of characters or actors are going to show up in a TV show. Yep. I want something new. Yeah. So that's what I would like for Star Wars. New. Mm-hmm. New. So now, would you like to go first on ranking? or No, me? you go first. Okay. So I'm going to go from my least favorite to my favorite. And down at the bottom, we have episode two, Attack of the Clones. Uh, right above it, we have episode one, The Phantom Menace. Then we have episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Solo, Rogue One. Then Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi. Uh, The Last Jedi at number three. Star Wars A New Hope at two. And The Empire Strikes Back at number one. I think that I would have it the same as you. I would just flip Revenge of the Return of the... Jedi and Force. Awakens. The Rise of Scott. Wait. What was... So I did two... The Rise of Skywalker and... Revenge of the Sith. I think I would switch those. You'd put Revenge under this one? Yeah. Just because this movie looks so good. Well, it's funny. I think I'd rather rewatch this movie. Uh, but I just think it's objectively like not as good as Revenge. Yeah. As far as a story. But I do think, funny enough, that Phantom Menace is... Kind is a better movie than Rise of Skywalker, but it's so boring that uh-huh. I have to put Rise of Skywalker above it. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I do think it's a little bit better than this. Yeah. So this this is like the second worst Star Wars movie in a way, third second. Yeah. But Attack of the Clones, indisputable king of the worst. But you do have Dexter Jetster, <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't finished Obi Wan yet. But if he's not in that, even though I just said all that hey, crap about Dexter Jetster, it's the it's the guy. Who, runs a 50s diner one of the stupidest ideas in the world anyway next week uh barring any uh new release that i can't remember we're jumping into one of the biggest series ever back to the future baby Mm -hmm. so yeah see you next week bye